thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph, gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's come into agreement in faith, believing for utterance. You know, you're not limited to what I know. Hmm? Did you know that? I'm not limited to what I know. Thank God. I'd be severely limited. What do you mean? Well, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And he can say things to me and through me that I didn't know tonight. He can say things to you that I didn't say, but he said to you. Or things about what you heard come through my mouth. That's beyond. I've had people come numerous times and say, Oh, Brother Keith, that was exactly what I needed. And they started telling me what it was. And I said, Wait, 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 wait. What was that? Tell me again. Because I didn't say that. That was beyond what I said. But uh, let, let's come into agreement right now about the utterance. Close your eyes if you would. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you said if any two of us would agree is touching anything we ask, that you'd do it for us. So we're asking together, we agreeing together for exact utterance, precise utterance. Every area uh, dealt with, it should be every truth emphasize that you would that we're not hearing from each other or just seeing each other but we hear from you and we see you and let there come grace deposits let there come a supply of the spirit impartation of truth that makes free answers to questions direction and help for right now and equipping equipping for the days ahead In Jesus' name, we say, get glory to yourself in us, Lord. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. One thing that qualifies you and, and enables you to receive from the Lord is that you commit to do it before you hear it. Let me go over that again. The least bit of unwillingness between you and me and the Lord is a a block, a hindrance. There's a lot of things he won't even say to you if he knows you're not willing. People think, well, you know, why won't the Lord talk to me about this or why? If you're not willing, he knows it. He knows your heart. And so sometimes it's the mercy of God because if he gives you something and shows you something and then you don't do it, well, you're just responsible for it. More responsible. And so sometimes his mercy gives us time and space to get our act together, if you will, and get our heart right. But if any man, Jesus said, wills to do his will, he will know of the doctrine, whether it's of God or whether I speak of myself. How can you discern what's God and what's just man, what's just me? Your willingness of heart puts you on the same frequency with him. Unwillingness is trying to pick up an FM station on an AM band. (laughs) 
There are millions of frustrated Christians. Why can't I hear from God? And the problem is unwillingness. Unwillingness. And it's easy to say, oh, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll go. I'll stay. And most of the time when he tells people, they go, huh. (laughs) Oh, that. Because they had some romantic notion. They're ready to climb the highest mountain. They're ready to, uh, uh, you know, go across the widest sea. But he said, no, grab a broom. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) And get a flashlight and a vest and go to the parking lot and, and or do this or do that. And people go, oh, oh well. And see, that, that unwillingness disqualifies from uh, coming into the next place and the next level. So one of the greatest things we can do right now as we're gathered here tonight, before we go one step further, is just reach down inside your heart and as much as you know, say, Lord, I'm willing and, and this, this, the Bible said he, he works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. He helps us to be willing. So everybody, I'm not, not one person failed to say this. Everybody said out loud, Lord, Lord I'm, willing I'm willing to be willing. Work in me to will and to do of all your good pleasure. Whatever pleases you, by faith I say. It pleases me. me. Hallelujah. Your will be done. You know, uh, I had a revelation one uh, one day, sitting at a uh, a signal light, waiting for the red to turn green. Revelation. Sitting there by myself in the car, getting ready to go. And it just hit me. God is smarter than me. Say what, brother Keith? Didn't you didn't you already know that? Well, yeah. If you'd asked me the day before, certain, but 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 it, it came into me with a a greater depth and a greater awareness. What do you mean? He made me. He knows so much more about me than I know about me. He knows great my graces. He knows in my giftings, my call, my anointing, so much more than I do. He knows the path I've not yet come into. And if he says, this is what you're to do, this is what you are, this is what your place is, then he's smarter than me. Come on, are y'all with me? And, And Jesus made faith statements. He said, I delight to do thy will, O God. That, that, that doesn't mean you have to feel that way or it has to seem that way to your mind. You can, you can say that by faith. And as I saw that, I saw I can do that by faith. Like the master did, I can say I delight to do it. Whether I feel like it or whether I don't, because he's smarter than me. Amen. And he was preparing me because there were some things coming up. And I assume the reason he's having me talk about it right now because there are some things coming up. For you. (laughs) What do you mean? Changes. Transitions. But for the good. And uh, I begin to see 
That, that even if there's something that I had in my heart and mind, oh, that's, that's me. That's what I want to do. That's my call. That's my grace. And the Lord says, I don't want you to do that. Then I can go, right. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> and, you, and your emotions are going, oh, no, no, that's me. You say, shut up, shut up. He's right. He's always right. He's smarter than me. And then if there's something that you're just sure, that's not my call. That's not my place. Oh, no, that's not. I, I, no, that's not me. And he says, that's what I want you to do. What do you do? Help me out. You go. Right. Now that you point that out, Lord, that's exactly right. That is exactly what I want to do. And everything about your mind's going, no, no. You say, shut up. Shut up. He's smarter than you. And being able to do that over the last number of years has been one of the greatest blessings in my life. It's opened up my spirit to things I wouldn't have considered or things of directions I wouldn't have considered going. And it has been the richness of my life. How many believe God is smarter than you? That whatever he says... How quick do you need to get on board with it? Immediately. Go to John 6, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. John 6. Jesus made this statement. John 6 and 38. He said, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. From the time Jesus was The earliest record we have of his comments and what he was saying at what about age 12, he was saying, I must be about whose business? Isn't that similar to saying, I must be doing his will? Not mom and daddy's will, not my will as a 12-year-old boy, what the main thing I'd like to do and play and have fun, but I must find out and I must be about doing my Father's will. And so all his life, every morning when his eyes opened, it was the will of God, the will of God, the will of God. He said, I, I don't, I do nothing of myself. I don't speak of myself. My doctrine is not my own. I only say what I hear him say. I only do what I I see him do. Was Jesus completely yielded to the will of the Father? All day long, all night long. Is this the perfect example for you and me? So what about uh, 2011? What about... The new year. What about the coming year? What do we need to know? What's the priority for us? 
I became convinced, and as a teenager, the, my, my early teens, that if I could find the will of God, I had it made. And now a few years later, <laughs> I'm sure of it, that that's right. Because I had already made up my mind, if I could find the will of God, I'm going to do it. And if I do the will of God, I'm going to have the blessing of God. I'm going to have the provision of God. I'm going to have the protection of God. I'm going to have the grace of God in my life, the joy and the peace of being in the center of the perfect will of God. Is there anything better? Romans talks about what is that good and acceptable and and perfect will of God. And the truth is, the reality is that many, many millions of Christians only live in the edge of God's will. They only live partially, and not even a big part at that, in the will of God for their life. And why? Is it because the will of God is, is so hard to find? Well, no. God's a good father. He's not hiding his plan from us. He's not making it hard to get or discover. You know what the biggest enemy of the will of God in your life is? Your will. (laughs) The biggest, biggest obstacle to the plan of God in your life? Your plan. That's it. People develop their own plans and they they have their own visions apart from God. And they endeavor to get the blessing of the Lord on their plan. And so they struggle. Not always protected. Because if you don't receive the full will of God, then you don't receive the full benefits. To reject one is to reject the other. If you want the full blessing of God, there must be full commitment and obedience to the plan of God. Because every degree that you're out of His will is a degree you are exposed. Are you listening, friends? The more out of the will of God you are, the more hard-headed, the more disobedient, the more rebellious you are, the more exposed you have made yourself to the enemy. And the more destruction you'll have in your life. You know, it's, it's, it's sad that there are so many Christians are going through so many awful and terrible things in their life, and a lot of them's mad at God. I'm like, God, why would you put me through this? God, why would you let this happen to me? And the truth is, they're on a road they were never supposed to be on. They're in places they were never supposed to be. I'm going to understand if you're taking a road trip in your car and you make a wrong turn and you get in on a wrong road, then you're going to go through places you would have never gone through if you'd have stayed on the right road. Hmm? 
Maybe there's a tree across the road and it's dark and you come through and you hit it and you tear up your car. Maybe you go through a a bad part of town, a town you're not even supposed to be in, and you get robbed or your car gets stolen or something like that. Well, that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't been in that town. You'd never hit the tree if you'd never been on the road. And you weren't supposed to be on the road. And yet you got Christians going, God, why did you put me through this town? You ain't even supposed to be on that road. So what you hollering at him for? It's so annoying. Christians blame God for so much. Isn't it? It's really ignorant. There's two people to blame for your and my problems. The first and the most important is one that we see in the mirror. And then, of course, you got the devil. But he can only do what we let him do. That's why the, the scripture says, give him no place. And if you'll give him no place, he'll have no place. And even though he's here in your life, if you, I mean, the Bible said, you know, yield yourself to God and resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. If you give God full place in your life, the Bible said when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies. Come on now to be at peace with him. When you are totally committed and doing the will of God, it's, the devil's there. He'd like to cause you some problems, but it's like he's behind a plate glass. Wanting to get in, wanting to do stuff, but you won't give him any place. He keeps waiting, but you keep him waiting. And he's able to do some stuff in the world, but by the grace of God, you can just overcome it, overcome it, overcome it, win and win and win. Let me touch on this just a moment. There is a twisting of Scripture among many, ministers included. And we need to be on the watch for it. You'll hear people talk about, oh, man. Now, if you, if you really go, you're going to fully obey God, whoo, watch out. I mean, if, you really, if you're really going to obey God, then, then half of hell is going to be turned loose on you. I've, I've, I've had ministers tell me, well, you know, boy, we, we, didn't, we never had any problems till we stepped out to do that project for God, till we stepped out to do that, you know. And the implication is that the more committed you are to God, the more trouble you're going to have. Is that biblical? Is that scriptural? That the more in the will of God we are, the harder it's going to be? (laughs) Funny looks all across the crowd. (laughs) No, we just got through quoting. When a man's ways please the Lord, not his enemies have more access to him. Huh? Huh? See, this is a perversion, a twisting of the scripture to keep people. I've had people look at me and go, oh, I, I wouldn't do what y'all do. You know, just if you're just going to absolutely, totally serve God full time. Nah. They think they kind of can live below the radar. And I tell the devil, now, you know, I won't, I won't bother you too much and you don't bother me. Okay. He'll go, deal. <laughs> a liar. As soon as you turn your back, he's going to nail you. So you might as well get in his face. You might as well say, I'm going all the way. I'm going to serve God with everything I am, everything I've got. We're going all the way, all the way. 
Jesus said, I'm come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. What is the will of God for 2011? Well, he doesn't change. You know, a lot, it's, it's a common question for people to ask, you know, TV interviews and radio interviews and, okay, you know, well, what's God saying in these days? What's God doing in these times? Well, he doesn't change. <laughs> a lot of folks don't like that. They go, well, we're looking for the, the fresh word. We're looking for the... the <laughs> You think any of these are stale? (laughs) It's a mistake to look for the will of God outside of the Word. Don't look for His will outside His Word. He's the Lord God. He doesn't change. You know why He doesn't change? He doesn't need to. He's not in the process of figuring it out. There will be no uh, updates for the Word of God. There's there's no version 1.1 coming. Because he saw the end from the beginning. And he knew when he said it what it needed to be forever. What's the will of God? Go with me to First Timothy, please. Let's, re, uh, let's remind ourselves. I, I know you've had excellent, excellent ministry in this church for years and years. A lot of these things you know. But like Peter said, I'll put you in remembrance of them. And it's not just what you know. It's what you're stirred up about. What you're acting on that brings the changes in your life. Not just knowing, but doing do it. Everybody said out loud by faith, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Let's see, I moved too quickly. First Thessalonians 5, and then we'll, we'll go to Timothy in a bit, I think. First Thessalonians 5. What's the will of God? Before you'll find it, you have to be willing to do it. If you're not willing to do it, you won't have ears to hear it. And a lot of it won't even be given to you because we don't qualify. It's our heart. God, God's always looking at the heart. The heart. It's not what you know, what you don't know. It's not your, pre, your past experiences. Are you willing to do anything He wants you to do? To change anything. You want him to change. Doesn't take long to say it. But it's. This is the kind of thing you need to get in the floor. And pray about at length. Pray about over days at a time. Pray in the spirit. And let God help you dig inside. Because he'll, he'll, he'll uncover some things. That, that you weren't willing. He'll uncover. You know some rooms. That you had closed off to him. 
in, in areas inside yourself that you're just keeping for yourself. Life is short. Very, very brief. None of us have but just a few more days. Is it so important what we do with those days? To qualify to hear, you must be willing. You must be willing to stay. You must be willing to go. You must be willing to do what you're doing. You must be willing to do something you never thought you would do. The only thing that should matter to you is, is it the will of God? And if I know it's the will of God, I don't have to have a clue how. I don't have to have any experience. I don't have to have any money. If he says, this is my will, I can and I will. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's working in us both to will and to do of his good will. 1 Thessalonians 5. Don't let some of these things be too simple for you. There's more to them than first listen. How many know the Word of God is rich, rich, rich? You, the, you're, you're seeing one thing, but there's so many facets of it happening at once. It's alive. It's living. What's the will of God? 1 Thessalonians 5, I believe it's uh, 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. What's the will of God? Help me out. What's the will of God? In everything, give thanks for what? This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We're able to camp at our church for months on the subject of thanksgiving uh, uh, a while back. Thanksgiving victory. And, and it is so much more than just a simple passing, thank you, Jesus. There's power in thanksgiving to qualify you for grace. God is huge in, uh, on stewardship. If you don't value and fully use what he gives you, You don't qualify for greater and more. He that's faithful in that which is least is faithful in the greater. And one of the first and one of the more important parts of good stewardship, valuing something, appreciating something, is demonstrated in thanksgiving. If you're not thankful for it, you don't value it. And if you don't value it, you're not going to utilize it properly. And if you don't do that, you don't qualify for any more. Had the Lord say to me some years ago about this. He said, I don't mean to heard a voice, but inside me, he said, son, would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive from me? I said, yes, yes, and please, yes. <laughs> would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive from me? He said, cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Every word was significant to me. I know cultivate means it's not going to happen automatically. Cultivate means you got to get the hoe and dig around in the garden, right? Cultivate means I got to remind myself and stir myself up and, and remember to be thankful all the time. A lifestyle, that's not just in, in service on Sunday or, or here and there or during my so-called devotion. This is all day long. 
This is all day long. And I learned to just, people say, well, it's just a habit. Well, it's a good habit. If the conversation lulls, you don't know what else to say. You say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You take a good breath. You go, hi. Thank you, Lord, for that breath. Thank you, Lord. I got brightness of mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everything that you did for me, all the bad stuff that hasn't happened to me. <laughs> all the stuff I don't even know that you spared me from. You can thank God all day and all night just for that, just for that. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to hell. I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> They're working on my mansion. They're working on my place in heaven. Thank you, thank you. Now, that is not just something we should be dutiful to be thankful. It's so much more. It expands your insides. It opens you up. The Bible says in Romans 1, if you're unthankful, it darkens your understanding. Being unthankful makes you dumb. I know it sounds funny, but it's true. It's the truth. The more unthankful you are, the darker your understanding gets. And that's how people get to the place where they got all kind of good things going for them. And they act like they got nothing to, to live for, nothing to go on about. I've seen people, and I had the privilege of ministering in Brother Kenneth Hagin's healing school for years. And I saw people do this over and over again. They could have one thing wrong with them. Maybe something wrong with their finger. And they just focus on it and they become finger fixated. And they go, my finger don't work right. I wish my finger worked right. Other people's finger work right. Why can't my finger work right? I need that finger. That finger, why can't my finger? And totally forget you got nine that are fine. You got ten good toes. You got two good knees. You got good elbows. You got good lungs and heart and liver and kidneys and a good brain. And, and it's, it's, it's a trick of the devil because if you fixate on that and you quit being thankful, you'll get darker and darker and darker. But the scripture says, in thy light, we see light. You start thanking God for all your other blessings, you get in the light. And in that light, while you're doing that, he'll show you the answer for the finger. But you fixate on what you don't have, what you can't do, and it's going to get darker and darker. You're going to get more and more depressed. It just goes down, 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 down into death. I want you to know, you got a lot to be thankful for, my brothers and sisters. What's the will of God? For the first day, everybody stand up on your feet. Everybody. Everybody stand up on your feet. For number one, God brought us through 2010. Come on, God brought us through this past year. Come on, lift up your hands. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We did not perish. We weren't overcome we weren't destroyed thank you thank you thank you thank you you have sustained us you held us up you brought us through you met our needs thank you oh somebody say thank you lord thank you lord it is no small thing. I, I don't have to know all the details. I know I'm looking at miracles all over this place. 
God sustains you. He heard your prayers. He met you in the nighttime. He rode with you in the car. Come on now. He helped you. He gave you strength when you didn't think you could go on. He brightens your mind. Oh, hallelujah. There's a number of things that would have been too much for you. It would have been. But he came in. Sometimes he comes in in such a way you, you, you hardly realize what happened. It's just you were, you were this way and now you're not. <laughs> you were a basket case and now you can go. You, you were clueless and now you got direction. That is the unfailing grace of God. That is the power of our faithful God sustaining us. And here's the good news. If he could get you through that year and the one before that, the one before that, he will get you through the next one and the next one all the way, all the way. All the way. Say it out loud. I will run my race. I will finish my course. I will find and I will finish the will of God for my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You believe it? Praise God. You can be seated. What's the will of God? Give thanks. When? All the time. In everything. In your pajamas. Give thanks. <laughs> in your good clothes. In, in your living room. In your car. Huh? In rejoicing times, in challenging times, in every situation, everything, every time, every place. Do what? Do what? Give. Do you always feel like giving thanks? No, you don't. But you don't have to feel like it. Stir yourself up. And see, faith shouts while the walls are still up. And faith gives thanks before I have the answer. Faith gives thanks before I know the rest. You just start saying, thank you, Lord, I thank you for showing me what to do. I thank you. I, you know, if something has happened, there's a, uh, an attack, an accident, or, or something, and, and it, it catches you and slaps you, and what do you do? This is what you don't do. You don't fear. And you begin to, you, you say, Lord, show me what to do. Lord, uh, show me, uh, keep me from doing the wrong thing and, and show me what the next step is. And then what do you do? Get in faith about it and start thanking him. Lord, thank you for showing me. Thank you for showing sure. We will do the right thing. We, we will go the right way. We will make the right choice. 
I've had people come to me just in desperation going, oh, Brother Keith, please pray. Oh, Brother Keith, you know, I got this thing. Is, it's one of the biggest decisions in my life. And, man, if I make the wrong one, it can, it can just ruin everything. And, and, and I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. But I've prayed and I've prayed and I just can't seem to hear from God. And I, and I fasted and I prayed and I just, I just can't seem to hear his voice. I just, can't seem to, I just can't seem to hear. And sometimes I'd catch their hands and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at me. Look at me. Will you do what I tell you? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I just, if I can, I say, shh, 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 shh. Never again say you can't hear the voice of God. That, that your, that's your words being stout against His. The Scripture never said you can't hear His voice. The Scripture said you are His sheep. And you know His voice. Well, I just don't know. I just don't know. I just can't find it. I said quit, quit. Never say that again. The Scripture says you have an unction. An anointing. Of the Holy One. And you know. You know all things. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. He, now this is what you need to say. Even when you got not one clue. You need to say I'm his sheep. I know his voice. He's ordering my steps. He's directing my paths. I will make the right decision. I will go the right way. I will do the right thing. I will know it. And I will do it. And you need to say it especially stronger if it looks like you made a wrong turn the last three times. <laughs> it's time for you to get in faith. Let's don't work, let's don't speak against him and hinder him helping us. Let's agree with him. And open the door and invite him in. Let, let make it easy for him to help us. We mentioned fear. And I want to touch on this just a moment. Go to Philippians, if you would. We, we referred to this verse, but I want to uh, touch on it. Can you take some more? I'm not, I'm not done. Hmm? You getting ready to close, Brother Keith? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, getting ready to speed up, getting ready to shift gears. Come on up. Now, now don't despise what we've already covered. How many believe one of the greatest things you could know coming into this new year is the will of God? The will of God. Is that important? The will of God. What's one of the biggest things that qualify you to find and get the will of God? A willing, genuinely, truly willing heart. Does everybody have a willing heart to do what the Lord would, you know, I, I know you're saying the, the right thing, but globally in the body of Christ, no, millions are just simply not willing. They're not. I've, I've had people look at me uh, that the Lord, I'm thinking of about three instances right now of individuals, men, who told me that, uh, looked at me, I don't know, 10, 15 times through our years of being together and said, oh, Brother Keith, if the Lord ever shows you anything, if he ever gives you anything now, you know, you tell me, you show me. And so people say that, but, you know, most of the time, uh, if you told them, it'd make them mad and just hinder your, your relationship. There's been many times I, ha I did have something, and, and I knew if I told them, it'd probably be the end of our relationship. And so you have to be led. 
But on this, on these occasions, more than once, I'll just mention one in particular. The Lord kept me praying about all night about it. And I I just knew this guy was missing God. Man, he was, he was going to totally miss God's plan. And the Lord had me, and this is rare. I, I, I can count on one hand the times he's had me do this. I went to his house the next day. I sat down with him with the Bible and I went through scriptures and I looked him in the eye and I said, if you do this, it's going to cost you this. It's going to cost you this. You're going to forfeit this. You're going to lose this. And he looked at me and shook his head. And the next day he just went and did it anyway. (laughs) Now, you and I got a will. We got a choice. And so what will qualify us, what will open us up and prepare us to receive the will of God? Tell me again. Genuine. Genuine willingness. A willing heart. Are you willing? What if the Lord tells you, I want you to pack up everything you've got and sell everything you've got. And I want you to be here 10,000 miles away by next week. And I want you to do this and I want you to do that. Are you willing? I'm looking at you. Are you willing? Huh? (laughs) Some of you done it. (laughs) We've done it. Are you willing? I'm looking at you. Are you willing? Now, it's easy to talk theory, but I'm saying he wakes you up tonight. And he tells you what we just got through talking about. Or what if he tells you, I want you to stay right where you are and I want you to do what you're doing for the next 50 years and I want you to be happy about it every day. (laughs) Are you willing? Oh oh boy, you should see some of the looks I'm getting across the crowd. (laughs) You can just tell. Ah, no, they're not. Are you willing? Are you willing? There's only one thing you should need to know. Is it the will of God? That's all you should need to know. And if you can can get that clear and settled in your spirit, what's it time to do? Do it. Do it. What if it costs me this or what if it costs me that? You know, it's amazing how many people miss the will of God over a house or a little piece of land. Or a place, or do you know where that stuff is going to be in a few years? <laughs> yeah, but I just like it where I grew up, and I just like it this, and I just like it that. And this world is not your home. You are just a passing through. And you're taking none of it with you. None. You never saw a hearse pulling a U-Haul. And there's a reason for that. (laughs) You're taking none of it. None of it. (laughs) None of your stuff. I know years ago, working at Rhema, I heard two first-year students. Well, now, there were three or four of them talking in a little group, and I happened to hear it. And one of them was supposed to have been testifying about all the stuff that he had. And really, he just kind of bragging, not testifying. (laughs) <laughs> and it was kind of annoying the way he was doing. He just he bragging. And, and uh, finally, one of the other guys looked at him and he said, well, so what? 
your pile of ashes will be bigger than mine. <laughs> is it true that everything, everything down here is going to melt with fervent heat? Is that right? Every car, every house, every piece of clothes and jewelry and everything, none of it is going to last. It's only good for using till we get to glory. So no, are you willing? I don't believe it's just me asking you tonight. Can you hear the Spirit of God talking to you? Are you willing? Are you willing? Truly, genuinely, to do anything, go anywhere, do anything, stay, be faithful, whatever he tells you to do. Are you willing? Well, you can will to be willing. Even if you're struggling with it. You can will, well, Brother Keith, I'm not young anymore and I'm this and I'm that. Listen, do not underestimate what the Lord can do with a year. What did he do with the Lord Jesus in three and a half years? Huh? What did he do? What could he do with you in three years? Five years? Ten years? Our time is short and very, very precious. We need to not let anything hinder us or hold us back. That's what the Lord Jesus was talking about when he said, you know, don't love your life in this world. You know, you, you need to get to the point where you absolutely hate anything that would keep you out of the will of God. Hmm? You don't love this world. You love the Lord. And, and things are not idols to you. You don't worship cars and houses and things. You're thankful for nice things that the Lord lets you use. But uh, they're just, just temporary. And like Abraham, you need to, in your heart, you need to live in a tent. I don't care if you got a, a 20 bedroom mansion. In your heart, you need to live in a tent. You know what I mean by that? A tent can be struck, boom, and here we go. (laughs) Did I lose somebody? (laughs) Well, yeah, but Brother Keith, you know how it is. You know, we got mom and them, and and we got, you know, I got my my, my, uh, job, and I got, you know, all my tenure there, and and you know, I got my hair appointment on Tuesday afternoon and, and my tea time and I'm, a, I'm part of this club and that club. I know. And that's how millions, years click by. They just keep going by. Years go by and they look up and they are leaving this world and they realize too late I hadn't done half of what God put me on this earth to do. And by then it's too late. No, you can't do anything about yesterday. But here's the good news. You're still breathing. God's still on the throne. We still got some time. Whether it's a day, a week, a year, or ten, we don't know. But how many think you ought to do everything you can with everything you got available to you? And if you make a mistake or you come short, it ought not be because you weren't willing to go. You weren't willing to do it. Say it out loud, I am willing to do the will of God. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Go to 1 Timothy 2 now, please. 
1 Timothy 2. For time's sake, we'll, we'll just do it like this. I was taking you to Philippians 4.13. I'm I'm trying to move too fast. Excuse me, Lord. But you know what verse 13 says, don't you? What does it say? Well, you better go back there. Excuse me. Can you hold two places at once, can't you? I mean, there's word people in here, right? I mean, you can hold three, four, five places at once and... You tell me the references. Am I, I mean, right? Yes. <laughs> Philippians 4.13, what does it say? It says, I would do it, but I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I got, I mean, I got, the, I got this vision. I got this dream. Ooh, but I, I, don't, I can't do it because I don't have the money. I can't do it because I've got, I'm working three jobs. I can't do it because, no, it didn't say I can't. What did it say? Well, I, 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 I know I could do it if I could get free, but I, I just, I can't, I can't quit doing this. I can't quit this habit and I can't quit this sin and I can't. I can't. If you say so. If you say you can't. And you believe you can't. Then you can't. I know. Some years back the Lord was dealing with me about a a kingdom project. Man it's going to cost more money. Than I had ever. Ever seen come through our ministry. And I'm looking at it and I thought. Whew. And I guess I asked the Lord one too many times about it, how much it was. <laughs> and he said this to me. Again, I, don't, I didn't hear a voice, but inside me very clearly, like he'll speak to any Christian if you'll listen to him, learn how to listen. He said, Keith, anytime he, he calls your name like that, you, go ahead and start repenting. Just, just, you just kneel down. Go, go ahead and kneel down. And <laughs> he said, Keith, you know, he talks to, he, how many knows God talks all languages? Including Southern drawl. I mean, he he speaks every line. He speaks to you the way you understand. He does. He, he uses phrases that click to you. He speaks every language, every word picture. And he said, Keith, I don't care how much it costs. Just get the job done. And I had a revelation. He doesn't care how much it costs. We do. And in that regard, we are unlike him. Did you hear me? How many things are people saying from individuals on the pew to pastors and leaders of ministries, large and small? Thinking they can't do it because of the money. 
Or we don't have this one to help us. We don't have this. This group won't support us. Or, or, or these people won't get behind our vision. Or Well, who said they were supposed to? They're not your source. Well, these people won't help me. And this is going to, and they ought to be it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're wrong. Never get your eyes on any man or any woman or any group and look to them to meet your needs. They are not your source. There's only one source. Many channels, but only one source. Do you know who your source is? Then get your eyes on him. And if he tells you to do it, what do you already know just by right of the fact he told you to do it? If he told you to do it, you can do what he told you to do. Because his words are not just informative, his words are empowering. Oh, come come on, somebody needs to, to get that because some empowering words are coming out right now tonight. His words are not just informative. His words are empowering. There's no word of God that is void of power. So when he tells you, do this, it's not just a revelation of his will for you. There's also the same kind of power that said light be. Coming into your spirit to enable you to do it. Coming into your mind. Coming into your life. To enable you. Already setting the contacts and the help in motion to converge with you. But if you say, I can't. Then you stop it all. You put the brakes on the whole thing. You, I shouldn't say stop. You postpone it. You delay it. And if you keep saying, I can't, I don't have the money, I don't know the people, I don't have the education, I don't have the experience, I don't have the talent, I don't, I don't know how. Do you think you're telling him something he didn't already know? People, people think this is some kind of humility. It's got nothing to do with humility. It's absolute unbelief. And the Lord is not patient about it. He, it angers him. He, excuse me, he is patient dealing with us, but it angers him. Do you remember Moses at the bush? Hmm? And what did he tell the Lord? Not Philippians 4.13. What did he tell the Lord? <laughs> the Lord said, you go. You tell Pharaoh and you do this. Has he, has he found one of the big reasons why he was born? Moses. Ha, has he got one of the greatest revelations of the will of God for his life that he's ever had before and why he's even on the planet? So what does he say? What did he say? I can't. I can't. God... They got my picture in the post office over there. You know, wanted. <laughs> Reward. I, I stepped back footed across the border there. I'm done, you know. And, and but, but, but besides that, I can't talk. You know, I can't talk. What, what does he think the Lord's going to go? Oh, you know. 
You're not a very good speaker, are you? I... You know what? Let me get back with you. Let me think about that's That might be you or me, but that ain't God. He knew more about his shortcomings and weaknesses than Moses would ever know. And yet he still chose him and gave him direction. He's the same way with you and I. And when he tells us what to do and shows us his will, it is not time for us to start telling him what we don't have and what we don't know and what we can't do. That is being unthankful. The Lord, knowing all of our weaknesses and ignorances and shortcomings, still choosing us, it's time to hit the floor and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Knowing, you know you're going to have to hold me up. You know you're going to have to hold my hand. You know you're going to have to tell me every piece of this. He already knew it. Sure he did. You know what he wants to hear? Here am I. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Behold the servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Lord, you know what's here? And if you say you can use me, then I'm going to by faith believe what you said. You, you, you know what I don't know. And I'm not going to talk about that because you, I know you don't want to hear that. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for adding to me every grace I will need to get this done. Thank you for bringing every hand to help me. Thank you for bringing every dollar that it will take to do this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And while you're thanking him in his light, you will see more. Light will just begin to come. I'm telling you, the flood of grace and enlightenment and vision will just... But, but you start saying, I can't. <clears throat> it just shuts it down. Darkness begins to envelop your mind. And the more you think about, well, I don't know and, and I don't have any money. I don't even know anybody's got that much money. And, and I can't. Fear just begins to grip you. and Your heart begins to race faster. And, and darkness closes in on your mind. And you will be useless. Useless to the kingdom or anybody. Faith doesn't say, I can't. Tell me what faith says. Tell me what, just quoting, would it be all right to quote the scripture? What did Philippians 4.13 say? Could could you quote that in every situation? Would it be okay? Tell me what it says. Help me out. I can, can, I can, I can do this. Students. I can do this. I can handle this load. I can pass these courses. I can get this degree. I can, I can do this. The Lord makes me of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. He quickens me. I can do this. I can do this. Not by myself, but I'm not by myself. I can do this. Somebody needs to say, I can do this. I can, I can. I can get through this. I can overcome. I can excel. I can be what he made me to be. I can do what he called me to do. I can. I don't have to know how. People say, well, I don't know how. That just means there's something you don't know. There's a lot you don't know. In fact, everything you know, there's a time when you didn't know it. Right? Every developed grace that you, that's in you, there's a time when it wasn't developed at all. Well, these things that are coming up can be the same way. Just don't tell the Lord you can't do it. Don't tell Him that. Ever. Again. Let's practice it one more time. 
Philippians 4.13. Help me out. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens... Say it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not done. I just can't work with them anymore. (laughs) Is that Philippians (laughs) 4.13? I can't live with him anymore. I I can't put up with their riding me all the time. I can't, I can't put up with their nitpicking. I can't, I, I just can't, I can't handle it anymore. That's talking like a sinner who's not even saved. No faith. I just, I can't handle all this. I can't deal with all this. If you say so. If you say it and you believe it, then you won't be able to. And you do that long enough and don't do your job for the sake of the plan of God, God will have to raise somebody else up to do it. And they'll get your reward. And it wasn't because you couldn't do it. And it wasn't because you couldn't handle it. Because God would have graced you. God would have taught you. He'd have brought 30 people to help hold your hand to do it if you needed it. Did you hear me? He'd have brought whatever amount of money it took. Think about it now. First generation of Israelites that he delivered out of Egyptian bondage. Was it the walls that kept them out of the promised land? Was it the giants? Was it the iron chariots? That's what they said. They said, we can't. We can't take it. It's too big. It's too hard. The enemy's too big. Was the enemy too big? Second generation proved they weren't too big. They walked right over. The second generation proved the walls weren't too strong. They went through them. They went over them. Right? But this is how the devil defeats millions. If he can just get you to saying, I can't. I can't. I can't handle this. I can't deal with all this. I can't be what they're expecting me to be. I I can't do this. Well, then you can't. You said it. You decreed it. It'll be so to you. But what you could have said. Come on, somebody help me out. What what you could have said. What you could have said. You could have started off by thanking God. You could have started off saying, Lord, I thank you. You know me. I'm just a, just a dumb country boy from such and such. And you know I didn't know anything. But you picked me anyway. You chose me anyway. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for using me. Thank you. And while you're saying thank you, you're qualifying yourself. 
You're staying in the light. You're resisting because there's thoughts and fears come to everybody. How are you going to do this? Where are you going to get this? That's the stuff you got to resist. You got to you got to cast that down. You must not think on it. Must less say it. That's that's your enemy. That that can destroy you. You must resist it and say, no, no, he will show me. He will teach me. He will help me. He will grace me. I don't have any graces at this point except those he put in me. And if I need something else, he'll put it in me. Parents, you need to teach your children this as soon as they're able to understand anything. Teach them they can learn anything they need to learn. And they can do anything that they need to do. Look them in the eye and tell them. And don't just inform them. Let faith words come out of your spirit. They go right into their mind and their spirit. And they see it in your eyes and they know you believe it. Son, you can, well, mama, this is hard. I just, I'm not good at math. I'm just not good. You just say, boy, don't you ever let me hear you say that again. You ought to treat that as bad or worse than four-letter cuss words. I'm serious. Don't you ever let me hear you say that again. Not in this house. You know, I wash your mouth up, boy. For what four-letter word? Can't. It's really a lot worse than a lot of those other four-letter words that people think are so bad. No. Look at me, son. Look at me, son. Look at me, daughter. The greater one is inside you. You can learn anything you need to learn. He is the brightness of your mind. He is your life. He quickens you. He's on the inside of you. Well, I can't do those things. Those exercises. I can't do it. Son, I told mm. Don't ever say that again. And see, these kind of things instilled, then they won't say, I can't be the man I'm supposed to be. I can't be the husband. I can't be the daddy. I can't be the man of God. They learned long ago, you never let such an awful thing come out of your mouth. Tell me what you say. What do you say? Can you deal with it? Can you keep going? Can you overcome? Can you do anything he would tell you to do? Can you be anything he would tell you to be? Come on, tell me. Help me out. Help me out. I can do all things through Christ who's constantly empowering and enabling me. I can. And see, when you say I can, you're hooking your faith with his grace. It's, it's spiritual, spiritually tangible. You say, I can't, you just unhooked from His grace. You say, I can. The further you go, there's been times in my life when I, I knew by faith I need to stand up and say, I can do this. I, I can, we, we can do this. We can get this through. And when I do it, man, I just felt a surge come up in me. I thought, glory to God, that I'm going to say that the rest of the day. <laughs> I can. We can. And we will. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I can. I can. I can. And I will. By the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you take any more? Have you had enough? 
Go to Galatians. I don't think we're quite done. I know we didn't go to Timothy, but uh, <laughs> you said you're believing with me tonight, right? So, okay, we're believing the right, not necessarily everything, but the right things that are supposed to come out will come out. Everything that should. Galatians 6 and 7. What's going to happen in this coming year? What's the will of God? The place we were going to go to, and Timothy just talks about it's his will that all would be saved. And all would come to the knowledge of the truth. And that was true last year, and it's true this year. And it'll be true every year. Right? What's the will of God? For all to be saved, and all to come to the knowledge and full knowledge of his truth and, and to grow up in him, we could say. Uh, and everything that he calls us to do contributes to that, has, is a part of that. But uh, Galatians talks about another side of this personally, individually. What will happen for you and me in 2011? Galatians 6 and 7. He said, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That's what's going to happen with us individually. Is we're going to reap what we've sown. Now you hear no, you know. No running the aisles right now. <laughs> and, and folks are usually looking for something a little different from that. But why would you assume that's a bad thing? Unless you only sowed bad stuff. You see what a negative connotation people put with that scripture? I mean, if things were right with us and we heard... You're going to rip what you sow. We ought to go, glory to God. <laughs> glory to God. You mean I'm going to reap everything I've sown? You know, yes. Woo. Because I've sown some good stuff, man. I've sown. Woo. <laughs> Did I lose somebody somewhere? <laughs> if you sow good, you're going to reap good in 2011. I'm not just talking about sowing money now. So in everything. If you sow bad, you're going to reap bad. He that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. If we faint not, shall reap what? Well, whatever you sowed. You can count on it. You, you'll reap it. Now, when you talk about sowing to the flesh versus sowing to the spirit, people let their minds wander around. But the answer to Bible questions is in the Bible. He, he spoke at length about sowing to the flesh and, and the spirit back in the previous chapter. Back up to the, the fifth chapter. 
5 and 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lust just means desires. This is a real simple way to, to, to understand some of this. Walking in the flesh means being flesh ruled, dominated. And being flesh dominated means being feeling and desire controlled. Because your flesh, following your flesh, means following your fleshly feelings and following your fleshly desires. This covers a huge part of walking in the flesh. It's just following the wrong feelings and the wrong desires. We've all got flesh. So we all got feelings. And listen and you'll see what I'm talking about. The more immature people are spiritually, the more they talk about how they feel. It's true in the natural. Listen to young, uh, young people, young teenagers even, that have not been taught in the Word or not walking in the Word that they've been taught. They, they'll just talk continuously about how they feel. I just didn't feel like it. And, and I, I just, man, I just feel so good, you know. And, so, and then when they don't feel good, and they're totally feeling dominated. And you can be 75 years old and still be the same way. If you feel down, you act down. If you feel better, you feel, well, I'm having a good day. Why? I feel good. And never learn. You can have a good day no matter how you feel. That's walking in the Spirit. People think if I'm walking in the Spirit, then I'm caught up in some kind of euphoric, uh, trance-like state. Whoo, I'm in the Spirit. Oh, and in their version of being in the Spirit, every feeling is wonderful. Every feeling is amazing. I just love everybody. Oh, I just love you and you and even you. I just love every... But no, let me tell you about walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Somebody stabs you in the back. Somebody betrays you. And you really, really feel like slapping them hard. But you don't. You don't yield to that feeling. You feel like telling them, what a sorry low down. They are. But you don't. You don't. You don't yield to that feeling. You know that feeling is flesh. And if I sow to that, what's going to happen? I'm going to reap off of that. What do you know about a seed? You sow a seed? You sow a tomato seed. You don't reap a tomato seed. You reap tomatoes with many seeds. What if you sow a feeling? A lousy, angry, messed up feeling. And you sow it with vim into their life. <laughs> then you shall reap 
30, 60, 100 fold. <laughs> Yucky feelings. You're going to reap of the flesh and its corruption. Backbiting and gossiping and being unfaithful and, you know, sharing secrets and, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. That's what he's talking about. When you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption in your life. He mentions the, the flesh and manifestations of it. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, uh, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelation. Let's just stop. Are there any feelings associated with all those things? Oh, man. It's the core of it. Why does somebody pull a gun out and shoot somebody? Feelings. Anger, rage, hit and hurt and harm and cuss and war. Feelings. Let me ask you, friends, friends, are you a Christian? Are you a child of God? Have you been born again? New creation in Christ Jesus on the inside. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Do you have to be dominated by your feelings? By the, now, your flesh didn't get born again. You got the same flesh you had the day before you got born again. And it's got the same feelings. People like to talk about it, but it's true. Your flesh will feel all kind of ways. And your flesh will desire all kind of stuff that it ought not desire. Do you have to yield to it? Do you have to express it? No. No. And if you don't, but instead you yield to this. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Come on, is love just a feeling? No, you can walk in love with somebody when you feel just the opposite. And people say, well, I'm sorry, but I'm just real. I'm just real. If I don't like you, I'm not going to act like I do. I'm just real. I'm a real person. Yeah, you're real carnal. Real fleshy. The fruit of the Spirit is what? What kind of year are you going to have in 2011? Well, the beginning of it is going to be reaping what you sowed in 2010. I don't know if that's good or bad. But even if it's not all good, do you know how to take care of the rest of the year? Anybody know how to take care of the what? Sow some good seed. Sow to the Spirit. Sow some love seed. Sow some joy seed. Sow some peace seed. Are you with me? Long suffering. Gentleness. Gentle. You won't always feel gentle. Long suffering. You always feel long suffering? Your flesh can be jumping up and going to, I am not listening to this one more minute. You say, yes, you are. You listen to it just as long as I tell you to. Now you shut up and listen. You just smile. This is real spirituality. I'm going to sow some mercy. 
I'm going to sow some patience. I'm going to sow some long-suffering. Well, I got my needs and I got my ways and I got this. No, you're going to shut up. That's what you're going to do. I'm talking about you talking to you. You're going to shut up. God takes care of you. And there's nothing to reap if you don't sow. So we're going to sow some love. We're going to sow some kindness. We're going to come in when people are depressed. And we're going to have so much joy. They can't get away from it. We're going to spill over on them. Because there's no hope and you'll go, glory to God. (laughs) There is. No, but you just don't know how bad it is. Yeah, and you don't know how big God is. He's so big. Easy for him to fix this. Easy. Sow some joy. Sow some peace. Whatever you're full of, such as you have, is what you give. What kind of year are you going to have? Help me out, friends. What kind of year? A year of finding and doing the will of God. A year of sowing good seed and reaping not flesh, not corruption, but reaping life everlasting. Can you say glory to God? And I think in closing this scripture in Joel, I said I think. Joel 2, can you go to that? The Lord gave us at, at, at our church this word just uh, not too many days back. And uh, it really ministered to us. And I believe it applies to you as well. Joel 2 and verse 23. Well, excuse me, 21. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice. When the Lord says be glad and rejoice, what should you do? Or should you go, hmm, that's very interesting. No. <laughs> and remember, his words are not just informative. What are they? Empowering. They're empowering, enabling. Be, fear not. So that word would enable you not to fear. Be glad. That word would empower you to be glad. Rejoice for the Lord will do great things. 2011. Come on, somebody say it out loud. The Lord will do great things. Now, one of the great things that's happening in this year is you are finding out the full will of God for your life. Hmm? You're getting it. Down in verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. I don't believe I'm just just reciting this to you. I believe this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. I believe you can receive it for yourself tonight. This church is blessed. This church has been blessed. But is it all the Lord can do? No. No. 
Can He bring on you the former rain that He has ministered to you and the new, the latter, at the same time? Concurrently. Simultaneously. All your former blessings and graces together with the new blessings and graces. Come on. Does this sound like you're exceeding abundantly? Good God. It's Him. Said out loud, I receive this for myself. He went on to say, and verse 24, and the floors shall be full of wheat. And the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. <laughs> when the floors are full of wheat, that means you got a lot of dough. Did you make dough out of wheat? <laughs> I don't care what 2010 was like. Do you believe God is able no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on? Come on. In government or business or economy or international, can God even provide sustenance in the wilderness? Can He bring water out of the rock? I mean, He can fly quail in without an airplane. Are you listening? He can rain manna out of the sky. And He can sustain you. And cause you to have fullness. Even if there's lack all around about you. He can cause the meal barrel not to fail. Hmm? Say it out loud. Fullness and overflow. Say it again. Fullness and overflow. Fullness and overflow. People say, well, will we have enough to do that? You go, no. We will have too much to do it. What does that mean? Abundance. We'll have all we need to do it and then some. Will we make it? No, we're not just going to make it. We're going to have abundance. Verse uh, 25. This is the word to a lot of folks too. I will restore to you. It's not just some wild-eyed preacher telling you this. Now, this is the Lord your God. I will restore to you the years, 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 years that the locusts have eaten and the canker worm and caterpillar and palmer worm, my great army I send among you. Years of loss. Years of consumption. Can God restore it? He said, I believe it's the word of the Lord tonight. I will restore to you years that have been consumed. God, there's nothing too hard for him to do. He can can multiply in your next year what it would have taken three years to do. He can multiply your time. Even if you feel like you got you slow and you were slowed or didn't respond or didn't follow through and obey, by the mercy of God, He can cause it to come on you so quick and so fast that you can help make up for lost time. Huh? And in a year or two, be at the same place that you would have been if you'd have been doing the right thing starting five years ago. Are y'all with me now? 
You don't need restoration unless you lost something. And you missed something. And this is talking about people that missed things and lost things, no matter why. People get hung up on the why. God's merciful, no matter why. Yeah, but I did, and they did, and we didn't, and they should have, and I could have. and that You know where that's bringing you? To I can't. And if you can't, you can't. I want you to hear this again. I will restore to you the years, years. Verse 26, and you shall eat in plenty, plenty, and you'll be satisfied. Did you know he's able to satisfy the longing soul? He's able to heal and restore broken hearts. Come on, are you with me? He's able to fill the longing, hungry heart. Say it out loud, I will be satisfied. I will be fulfilled. You'll eat in plenty. You'll be satisfied. Every bill paid, every need met, car paid off, credit cards paid off, house paid off, and sowing seed into the kingdom of God like you ain't never sowed before. Isn't that plenty? Being satisfied? Having more than enough, you'll eat in plenty. You'll be satisfied and you will praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Oh, stand up on your feet, everybody. Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. Singers, players, would y'all come, please? Musicians and singers, would you come? Everybody lift up your hands. Let's act on the word of the Lord about thanking Him and praising Him right now. Oh, Lord, we praise You. Oh, Lord, we thank You. We glorify You. We magnify You. Thank You. Thank You. Thank you, 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 oh, praise you, praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Lord. Oh. 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 
Come on, close your eyes. Fix your mind on Him. Reach out your heart in faith toward Him. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Lord, I worship You. Lord, I worship You, worship You, worship You, worship You. Worship You, worship You, worship You, worship You, worship You. Oh, I'm so thankful. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, I'm so thankful. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so thankful. I'm so glad. I'm so thankful. I'm so glad. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 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 Praise you, bless you, glory. close your eyes we're not through now the service is not over the spirit of God would minister to people I want you to pray a prayer with me and let's open our heart real wide and in the next few minutes let's use our faith what do you mean believe him to do what we're going to ask him to do in the prayer and don't just think about yourself believe for your brother believe for your sister People that are in front of you, behind you, around you. People watching by internet. Said out loud, Father God, reveal to my brothers and sisters your perfect will. The next steps in your plan for them. And whatever they need to take those steps. I'm asking you to minister it to them. Grace, giftings, spiritual equipment, supernatural, endowments, enablements, beyond the natural, knowledge and understanding, wisdom, strength and healing in their physical body. Life and peace in their mind. Victory in their soul. I'm asking you to minister to them, please, right now, in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on now, lift your hands, get in faith. Expect Him to do it right now, all through the crowd. All through this place, all over the internet, wherever this is going, everywhere, 
and equippings. Grace in the glory. Grace in the glory. can be it. I can do it. Whoa. 